Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. This is Chris McGinn with the Manchester Cricket, and as always, I've got Mark Stoll here. He wrote, I think, his best piece yet. They're all so good, but this one, I don't know, everyone around here just was cheering for it because it was very fun. Just about, also you made up a couple. Well, you made up a word, and then you used a, like a, a, a cave diving term, right? So to talk about when you kind of go take the deep dive into a particular genre of book and what you find there. So, Mark, hi. <laughs> hi. Who doesn't like restaurant culture? But when restaurant books or food history books, which are restaurant books, uh, come into my store, I'm always like, mm, let's see what's going on. I've probably read like at least 50 of them. And one of the things I like about it is like the culture of the restaurant is so attractive to me in that it's just like backbreakingly hard work. Right. But the people who do it, hopefully, do it because they love it. Oh, yeah. And because they get this sense of camaraderie. Like every book is always talking about the rush. Like, oh, there was a rush and time flew by and we were like dancing and he was like, oh, and then the rush was over and they sort of lived for that. And then afterwards, so many of them like go out in little packs yes. from their restaurant to, to other restaurants or other bars that are still open. They're like, oh yeah, I remember when uh, Jimmy uh, dropped the familiar mignon or whatever. And it's just so interesting to get the inside story of the, I always think like any book that takes you where you can't go. Which is most books, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I enjoy. And but it takes you to a world that you can't go, go that you think you would enjoy. Maybe I wouldn't like working in a kitchen, right. but or working in a restaurant in the front or the back of the restaurant. But uh, it's it's interesting to uh, read about. For I sure. Find. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the way restaurants are started, the way they're financed, the you know, the way, and people who live in the restaurants, work in the restaurants all their career, how they sort of jump around to different restaurants and what's a good restaurant, what's a bad restaurant, and what that life is like. I think it's just right. uh, fascinating. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a group of, generally, my sort of limited experience, really passionate people that, and you're right, there's sort of a culture around yeah. that that's both alluring and volatile at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And so to be able to sort of glimpse into that is... Yeah. Well, that was, I thought, was one of the books that I I read that I really enjoyed. And I like reading about, I like, also I like rock and roll autobiographies. But I like it when people haven't, aren't familiar with book culture and aren't familiar with what they're not supposed to put in a book. Mm -hmm. And so they just put in just honest things. And that is the most interesting writing. Um. And so there was this book called Waitress. And uh, it was this woman and her parents owned a little restaurant at a camp in the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. And she'd worked there like as a waitress, just like bringing trays of food to people in this restaurant camp or this camp restaurant in the camp since she was like seven. Okay. And then worked her way through school as a waitress and then became a waitress. And then she said she liked that life. She and then she was the one who said, going out every night afterwards, spending her money, you know, and then she'd go to sleep. Oh, this shift starts again. And then all of a sudden she woke up and she's like 45 and she's like, wow, I've been a waitress for 23 years or whatever. Just that life. And it's at night, right, typically. Right. And then the sort of, 
Yeah, gossip of the kitchens is interesting. The love affairs, you know, everybody's in sure. close quarters and oh, who's sleeping with who yeah. and all that stuff is very interesting. And she just portrayed it really well and it was just like a really, it's like in rock biographies. I just read one actually, it was, that was really good, the drummer of the Grateful Dead. Mm. He like was unfamiliar with what you don't put in books. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so yeah, his stories were like, good stories because they were just like, like he didn't know that they were so nakedly egotistical it was like laughable but it made it, it was a good story because he was Authentic. like yeah it was just like oh that's how you really yeah, i'm not feel gonna temper this yeah. for anything it's just it is what it was yeah and that was a, that book was especially great because he was a friend of jerry garcia's since he was like I think he was like 14 and jerry garcia just happened to stop by his house to buy a banjo that his father was selling and uh, they became friends and so they were like lifelong friends and then at the end of Jerry Garcia's life towards the end they both discovered that the, their favorite thing in the world was scuba diving in Hawaii and they both would go on these crazy scuba dive like got swim with the eels or whatever no way. and they both like thought like this is and also helped them because with scuba diving, you can't be drunk or stoned or whatever. Right. You have to be sober. And so that helped them with that. And they just, towards the end of Jerry's life, they would, the two of them would go on these trips. And it was just so beautiful. I'm just, just their friendship and so their, beautiful. how much he loved that world. They both, like, all the perceptions they have. And they were like, oh, we're like explorers. And that, it was just so nice. Oh, it's almost right back to when they were like little, you know, in their youth. Yeah. Well, maybe your next be so beyond yeah. the rock. Well, that was that yeah. sounds. What was the name of the book? I don't know, but it's not the it's not Mickey Hart. Okay. I can't even remember the guy's name, okay. but it's it's not Mickey Hart. It's the okay. other it's drummer. The other other drummer. Yeah, there. and it's uh, oh, nice. and his it was like something the Deal of the Dead or something like oh. that. It's sort of a newish book. Oh, cool! But right. it was uh, it was a superb read, and he lives in Hawaii. He moved oh. to Hawaii after right. the, and he didn't want to go into the bands further and stuff like that because of his friendship with Jerry. He's like, oh, that part of my life is over. I'm now going to live in Hawaii. But the restaurant okay. yeah. uh, stuff has that, whatever that is, that authenticity or mm -hmm. something like that that I just uh, absolutely love in a book that is just like the most interesting stuff is the stuff that's true. Yeah. And people telling it unfiltered or on it's, whatever. It's like a, a biography like before they were like their childhood before they um, made it is always the most interesting. Like another great biography is uh, Steve Wozniak of Apple Computers. Oh yeah. And he grew up and the, a lot of people who grew up in Greater Stanford, California, Greater Palo Alto. What an amazing place that must have been. Yeah. Uh, to grow up, but Wozniak's it's called I Was. Uh, mm -hmm. That his child. I mean the stuff you know once he started Apple and it was sort of silly. But um, his childhood was just like amazing stories about how his parents were so supportive and like he was interested in electronics and so they bought him a soundboard or whatever it's called to help him and they were just like these beautiful parents who were just like, oh yeah. And then he had these neighbors who were also like into these things and he set up his own phone system between the houses. And then they would, he would sneak out of the bedroom at night and they would run around all the neighborhood. And he just had this like wonderful childhood. And it was oh, just nice. so fun to hear about. Even the early parts when like he and Steve Jobs 
they were like, oh, we are both in the computers, great. And they would go to these like little computer lectures at, I think it was at Stanford, and together. And then they were working in like, I think it was Waz's garage Mm -hmm. and Waz's mother would like bake them stuff. And that was, it was just this sweet, you know, story and that that kind of stuff. Oh, that's good. I love. Oh, good. Jack's Pepin's. Yes, which is the book. Yes, after you explained it in the bookshop, you didn't have it. Otherwise, I would have purchased it from you. I went and ordered it. I'm so excited to read Apprentice. Yeah. Well, it's sort of a, not a sad sad tale, but a a tough life. Yeah. got this apprenticeship mm-hmm. and the apprenticeship was you're going to do every aspect of this job until you don't have fingers anymore so that you are a master of yeah. that and we're going to teach you the technique and you're going to do it until you have it you can do it in your sleep yes and then once you can do it in your sleep then you can move on to the next drudgery <laughs> <laughs> after peeling potatoes we'll teach you to boil an egg Yes. Yeah, for like six months. Yes, and they slept in these like uh, dormitories almost wow. in the hotels with the other thing. And I guess it was all male, okay. you know, these apprenticeships. And he was just like, oh. But then when he started, and you could see what a what a person he is. Because wherever he goes, he sort of, everybody's like, ah, Jacques. He rises to the top and he has all these ideas. And it was just great. But that beginning of it, like when he's, you know, telling his rich childhood and he barely ever got to go home you know and then he would you, I guess you get would work the circuit rising up in the hotel world from impossible job like 16 hours a day right. six days a week and oh you have you have two hours for lunch on Sunday but don't abuse that <laughs> you know but it was like so interesting yeah you know? sure I haven't read the book yet and you can't justify it, but I mean, he did end up writing La Technique. I mean, yeah. he ended up literally writing sort of one of the more definitive French technical cookbooks, for lack of, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. kind of the hallmark of what he does. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. And then the other, who's my other book? <laughs> the 157. Oh, yeah. 1500 things. 1500 times. I don't know why I picked 157. You should not do yes. in a restaurant. I forgot. Yeah, of course it's such a huge number. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like these paragraphs. If you see a piece of food on the floor and a, and if someone walks about it, run out of the restaurant. That's, That's a terrible restaurant. immediately. Abort. Go. Don't even look back. And then he was just talking about like uh, how to, like little things that I've used in my business, but he's talking about how to greet someone. And I loved him because I agreed with him so much. But when you go into a restaurant and the first thing they say to you is, do you have a reservation? (laughs) I mean, shouldn't you just like grab a chair and start smashing all the bottles? I mean, (laughs) it's so rude and it's so insane. They should should be welcome. How are you? Right. What can I do for you? Yes. Oh, and you like a table for you? Oh, fantastic. Did you have a reservation? Oh, you don't? No problem. Let's go get a table. Right, or but I'm so sorry. But either yeah. way, you've had like a slightly lovely experience before you were... Yes, you know, and it's, but it's like, don't you think it's like 95% of the restaurants is like, do you have a reservation? Is the first thing they say in sort of an accusatory thing. Right, like, do you and, have the right to be here? Yes or no? Yeah. Quick, I'm busy. <laughs> and then it's like, if you do, it's not, they're not like... Oh, great. They're just like, oh, well. <laughs> well, perfect. Now we have to feed you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, I can't turn you away rudely? Uh, that stinks. You know? Right, well, there and are those, those sort of hosts 
and host, I got hosts at the front that sort of feel like the gatekeeper yeah. a bit sometimes. But. Yeah, but it's like, and then his thing that I always have, that thing that stuck in my mind was he was emphatic about the number one thing that killed any restaurant was not keeping regular hours. Yeah, he was like, so any time like a, a bar or a restaurant says, oh, we're not busy, let's close. He's like, that's the death knell. That re that restaurant is gonna like sink, and he's like, because like someone was expecting to go there at ten o'clock and they were gonna bring their buddies and they're like, oh, I thought, or when the restaurant is like close, oh, we only have two people. We're gonna we open till eleven, but now we're gonna close at nine. Right. And they like, oh, sorry, we're closing. Yeah. Those people are never gonna go there again in this guy's mind. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, and I, w I always thought about that. I was always like, oh yeah, keeping regular, regular hours. hours that's is like a fun. fatal mistake. Yeah, such a and such a good rule. For it things. is a good rule. You've you've made these hours stick to them. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Agreed. Well, okay. So now that we've kind of mined the whole restaurant, so I know you have a lot of favorite restaurants. I mean, you, you and I talk about restaurants a lot, but I have a crazy question, which is, do you cook? No. No. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Zero zip. No. That's so, that's why you know about all these great restaurants. That's why you have such a good. You're a great reference for places to eat. Strangely, not so much around here. It would appear that most of it are out of town. But. When I was leaving the Huntington, I was very hungry. Ah, food. And so in Pasadena, which I found an amazing town. Yeah, Pasadena. The reason that I mean, it's not just restaurant books, but restaurant books. The reason why book culture is so invaluable to a life and to culture in general is it takes you into these beautiful places that you can't go uh, otherwise. And from these wonderful people who like took the time to write these books so authentically and you're just like, oh, what, what a great thing, you know. I never, you know, obviously I wasn't in the Grateful Dead, <laughs> but I sort of have this, oh, that, yeah, what we, a life that was. How interesting the in these little moments that, that he had. And the, with the restaurant, it's just like, oh, I've never worked in a restaurant, but I can feel the camaraderie of like, oh, the shift's over. We, oh, we got slammed. We're going out to this bar. We're going to have, you know, a few drinks and just chit-chat about yeah. the life and our, you know, the stuff we're all, we all know. And, you know, it's all this sort of lingo and stuff like that. And it takes you to all it's, the, the book is a frigate to unknown lands, as Emily Dickinson would, would say. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what's so, so great about it. And there's so many subcultures, subgenres that you can explore about right. uh, every aspect of human life. Right. Yeah. Through books. That's of right. Well, thank you for sharing this one with us. And we sure. look forward to, to more. But in the meantime, we'll enjoy exploring or splunking. What is it? Splunk, <laughs> splunking. Um, some more of the restaurant. Books. Which is something yeah. I would never do. I would never go caving in a only, million years. Only, <laughs> only, the book only through books, yes. Only through books. Yes. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Mark. So You're thank welcome. You. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.